My friends, this podcast episode, I fucking love it, man. I fucking love it. Talking spirituality, talking self-love, talking, yeah, just patience with yourself, compassion, nurturing with yourself, uh, just getting deep with my friend, Tina Olson. And um, yeah, I was part of a spiritual community that I believe I've spoken about on the podcast. And she led it um, along with her partner. And it was dope. I learned so much. And then we started building a friendship. Uh, She's based out in California. I'm going to go visit her uh, and her partner. And uh, yeah, we just kept a, a great connection going. And I was like, I got to interview you because we have such good conversations. She's also a client. She's in my program with fitness. Um, and I was just like, we, we might as well just get on the podcast interview, um, interview you. So that's what we did. And this is the episode. Uh, I want you to be able to listen to this episode and uh, yeah, just hear someone's story. Um, this word spirituality, I talk about often. In my episodes, I allude to it. It's hard to escape from spirituality because to me, like uh, everything indeed is spiritual and um, life itself. And I think lately you just, the more in conversation I am with people, maybe it's just me, we're, we're realizing that something deeper is is going on here. And the path of introspection, the path of self-awareness, the path of mental health or self-care or understanding who we are or communication in relationships or childhood wounds or any of these like hot topics um, or even like political things like they all come from like a place of of spirituality and spiritual emotional health and um, I think in, in this in this episode uh, Tina is going to talk about and I, and I kind of guided and, and we really freestyle through it. But I think in the end, you're, you're going to, you're going to hear something that uh, a message about uh, being aware to yourself, uh, being aware to what you're feeling, uh, understanding what it means to love yourself, being kind and compassionate to yourself and what that means from a healthy perspective. You're going to understand masculine and feminine energies um, and she, she's fun, man. She's fun. So I hope you enjoy this episode guys and share it with a friend. It would mean the world. If you reviewed my podcast, if you left a five star fucking rating, if you leave a one, I'll find you. <laughs> um, just joking. But yeah, if you do like written reviews, it just helps like the podcast reach. I'm like 360 episodes in love interviewing people. Got more interviews coming up. Um, this is a hella long introduction, but it's, yeah, it's what's going on in my life right now. I love interviewing and I love that you're a listener, whoever you are, whoever you are. I love that you're a listener and that you and I can share this moment over audio. And my goal in every episode is just that you would like have a better perspective, a better understanding of, of of life, of, of spirituality, of motivation, of positivity, of consciousness. Like I'm trying to just bring out and pump out content, whether it's in my social media or my podcast, that is a journey through my life in my lens, but that it connects with you and that it resonates with you and that you feel good, but you also feel like sober into truth um, and into spirituality. So guys, I, yeah, here it is with nothing left the longest intro i've ever fucking given on 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 a podcast uh i know i said this in the last one but i slightly miss doing episodes i'm just like not wanting to do episodes right now like solo i think i will like really really soon but i'm just loving the interview process and i hope you are too all right love you guys like quarter Tina, my friend, welcome to the Justin Aguirre podcast. Mm, thank you so much for having me. Uh, we were chopping it up for like 30 minutes trying to decide when <laughs> we were going to start the podcast. And like, we just decided we might as well just come in at some point. <laughs> <gasps> I mean, you got to start somewhere, right? 
<laughs> we were we were talking about me going to Switzerland and then we were going to start the podcast and then <laughs> then you started talking about voices that you heard from Mary and Jesus about your life mission in Switzerland and we were just we just we just have to start it. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> I this all happened in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um I had started to have spiritual awakenings as a result of what I call extreme heartbreak. I think there's heartbreak and then there's like, this thing feels like it's going to kill me heartbreak. Yeah. Um, and that happened in 2013, that the heartbreak and the, and the beginnings of spiritual awakening. And so I really became a student of spirituality i didn't know anything about this world i was so left brain dominated before that and i did have a concept the spiritual world wasn't a thing until a certain point it wasn't a thing i mean on some level it was like my my grandparents um like my grandma would talk about how her would have been her mother-in-law, but she never met my, my grandpa's mom. Cause my grandpa's mom was killed when she, when he was eight. And, um, so one day my grandpa was really sick with asthma. My grandma wasn't sure if he was going to make it. She was terrified. Mm. And all of a sudden she had a vision of my grandpa's mom coming to tell her it was going to be okay. And my grandpa's mom was wearing like a very particular jacket. It was like an old school letterman jacket, like a sweater. Oh yeah, man. And, um, (laughs) and so when she recounted this story to others in the family, Mm -hmm. um, primarily the people who raised my grandpa, who were still alive, his aunt and uncle, they said, oh yeah, she used to wear it. That was her brother. She used to wear that all the time. And yet my grandma had never known about this piece of clothing. Whoa. And so it's very interesting because on one level, spirituality, religion, like weren't really a part of my upbringing, weren't really mm-hmm. a direct part of my life. My parents um, had felt like they no longer aligned with the main Catholic church message that they had been raised on. And they went to Jesuit college and they really liked the Jesuits message. And Mm. so instead of taking us to church, they were like, if we're values driven and if we're heart centered, and if we're thinking about others every day, then that's like the biggest gift we can give to our kids. So that was basically like what, what my interaction was with, with spirituality. So I feel like in both of my parents, it was a very lived spirituality instead of like a talked about spirituality and not that you can't have both right like you and I both do both but um in a lot of families I think spirituality is talked a lot about and then not lived very much right and I kind of had that opposite experience that's rare yeah and so yeah very very huge gift huge gift from my parents and so um once I started having awakenings it was like part of it was actually my grandfather who had passed a couple years before. Um, and he was coming to me and like bringing me solace and it was just this deep knowing that it was him. So I started reading books. I started getting really curious about what do other people have to say who feel like it is true that spirits can talk to you and that people who are on the other side, you know, still have an existence. And Mm. so that kind of was this like unfolding. Right. And so fast forward to reading this book by Megan Watterson called reveal. And she talks about all of these various churches in Europe that have these black Madonnas. And for some reason, when I came to the one in Switzerland, talk about what a black Madonna is for, for people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know other than (laughs) it's, it's a statue of the mother Mary. Okay. Also known as, as Madonna and Mm. she's holding the baby Jesus And I think they tend to be similarly sized um, one to the next, but I'm not hundred percent sure about that one. This one was, I would say maybe about two feet tall. Okay. And it's like revered. And for some reason, I don't know if it's the oils, the light, the aging it, it takes. And I think it was originally wooden. Mm -hmm. A lot of these. Yeah. 
and it the aging turns it literally black and so they're called oh. the black madonna because they've literally turned yeah. the color black Got it. and um i they're revered i think because they're rare and they're considered to be sacred and they're in like a handful of cathedrals around europe and this it's so much so that like this one at the at the cathedral that i went to in switzerland had her own whole set of pews and her whole like huh i don't know what it's even called like the, the, the accoutrement around yeah so <laughs> the, the point of the cathedral is the black madonna and you walk in and it's well kind of she's like she's an an aspect of it this particular okay. place i know i'm not saying this right but it's like Einsiedlen or something, Switzerland. This particular um, cathedral is still run by monks, and the monks still have like horses, and like it's a whole monastery, a whole situation going on. Mm. And so, where the Black Madonna is isn't like the main set of church pews, but mm. it, it's like its own altar. That's the word I was looking for. I see. And, um, but it's like when you walk into the church, like in a given day when there's not a service, which is when I walked in, there are people kind of scattered throughout, just like you'll find in all the cathedrals in Europe, tourists just kind of wandering around, right? And, and looking at the different altars and the different art and things like that. And there's like a gathering of people at this Black Madonna. Like it's known yeah. that she's like a thing, right? Okay. And they revere her so much. There's like hand embroidered, clothing like dresses that they like change you know like almost yeah. like you they're like doll sized right because there's yeah. she's only a few feet but they're like so intricate and beautiful and yeah. it's just it's fascinating if you go online if you google it you'll see some of the outfits and some of the things totally. um and honestly i didn't know really much more than that i don't even know if i knew that much by the time i went it was like at that stage of my journey when i would read and for some reason, I feel like I read this probably in 2015 or so. And then went a couple of years later, um, when I would read something that was like, oh, I must go visit it. It's like, it wasn't coming from the head. I didn't have to know any more information okay, about so why let, I had let to me go. Just pause. So this, this was all 2015. Yeah. Seven years ago. Yeah. Where this well, I, and when I actually went to Switzerland was in 2017. So you read the book, you felt the call. You mm -hmm. went to Switzerland in 2017. You're at the mm -hmm. Black Madonna in the in mm -hmm. the by the altar, and yeah. you had a feeling like in your heart, like I'm gonna go, and you kind of buried it in you for like two years before you actually took action. Yeah, I think I think it was about that because during that time, my dad was diagnosed with terminal cancer, and I was I moved from California to Chicago. Like all sorts of things were happening, yeah. and it yeah. just lined up. Um, in wow. a way that was like, okay, now's the time to actually, I was going to a wedding in Southern France. I was like, okay, now's the time to tack on a trip to Switzerland mm -hmm. in advance of this wedding and just go see. I didn't know what I was going for. I just knew I had to go see her. Yeah. And I think, um, I should look up a map, but I think I was staying in Lucerne. And so I took like a couple hour train ride to go to this church, walked around town, went to the church and, and took the couple hour train ride back. Like it was very much a personal pilgrimage. Yeah. that was just like called upon right yeah and for the two years from 2015 to 2017 you were reading books like trying to like flirting with spirituality what does it all mean and hearing oh i was like me i was knee deep i was like or maybe more like waist deep or head deep i was like taking theta healing classes i okay. was learning how to do reiki Got it. I Got was, it. yeah, I was very, very actively involved at that point in time on my Got healing it. journey and my spiritual journey. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you're, I want to know about the, uh, about what you felt and what's that like, because here's the thing, Tina is a lot of people don't experience what you're talking about. You know? I know it's crazy, right? <laughs> like the, these, well, and it's so funny because people who meet me now, I feel like they're it would be really understandable for somebody to see how I'm living and how much I just like get an intuitive hit and go do the thing or yeah. see something on paper and be like, that's crazy. That's not working. And I'm like, no, 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 it really is like, stay with it. You know, whatever it is that I can totally understand from the outside that like, well, Tina's just that way. 
I was not that way. I yeah. was a, an extremely academic, very career focused, very yeah. left brain driven, achievement oriented, got my undergrad, went to the corporate world, immediately started doing my master's part-time while I'm working full-time yeah. at age like 24. I mean, I was like, I was all about the whole left brain materialist capitalist. Like I was bought yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so to have something happen that broke me so much yeah. that that paradigm shattered and that spirituality was able to enter my life so much so that now I can live in a way where when I have a knowing or when I have a calling or when I feel something, I actually just follow it without question. And I don't even need to necessarily know more. I wouldn't say my mind is disintegrated because yeah. I'm not like, like I said, I think I read about this two years before I went, like, I don't just like, Oh, I'm gonna, I gotta buy the next plane ticket. I don't care if it's $10,000. I just gotta buy the next plane ticket. It's not this like urgency. There's this deep knowing that when things are meant to happen or when they're meant to unfold, they will, there's a patience with all of it. I mean, mm -hmm. that's so much of okay. this, of being able to listen to intuition is also yeah. being able to integrate it into practical reality. Right. Yeah. 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 I like what you're saying because uh, you know, at first glance for the listener, like we're like, okay, this girl hears voices, right? There's that side mm -hmm. of it. Right? Totally. And then we, we cancel her out or we box her in. But then here you're talking about intuition and listening to an inner knowing and an inner wisdom that everyone has. So now Absolutely. we're talking about somebody else, right? right. Another, <laughs> another knowing, right? Yeah. Uh, that everyone relates to. Yeah. And so like, uh, can you tell me more though about, about what it felt like? Cause you got a message in the chat. Yeah. I want everyone to know what that was and yeah. kind of what went down from there. Cause I think that kicked off something for Tina in her life. Yeah. 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 So, so I went and again, not having like a strong religious background, I went and I just meditated at the black Madonna. I didn't, I didn't know how to like properly pray in the Catholic tradition or anything like yeah. that. So I just closed my eyes and I breathed and I just allowed whatever to come in that was meant to come in. And about, I'd say probably 15, 20 minutes, I got up and I walked away and I continued around the chapel. And I remember having a conscious thought, like this is definitely a Tina thought of the enormity of, of course, this, this building was massive. It's stone. The ceilings are huge. There's arches, there's art, there's stained glass. You know I mean? It's like, there's a reason that cathedrals give you like this sense, right? They're, they're awe inspiring. Um, or at least if, if there's not trauma in between. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I had the Tina thought of like, wow, how cool is it that humans for thousands of years have had these same questions, yeah. these same yearnings, these same curiosities, the same suffering, of course, different details. Yeah. But for thousands of years, we've wondered, who are we really? What are we doing here? Yeah. How connected are we yeah. to, to everything that is and was? And so I was kind of having that in that state of awe, of enormity yeah. of all of it. And in in gratitude for being thousands of miles from my home by myself, wandering around, being able to be like, yeah, I'm, ba I'm basic. I'm a seeker like everybody else is. And then I felt, <laughs> and this is where, you know, it sounds like, Ooh, but heck, I, I think anybody who cleans themselves out as far as opens themselves up, releases judgment and conditioning. Yep to the degree that you're meant to hear things, you'll hear things. Yep. And so I felt Jesus's energy on my left. I felt mother Mary's energy on my right. They're unmistakable. I named them because they're un, like it's, it's, it's as if Justin walked up to me on my left and trace walked up to me on my right, like unmistakable. Fuck. And I heard you are here to be a beacon of unconditional love. And Honestly, my thought, my Tina ego thought was, holy shit, like this isn't going to work out very well for me. 
because I wanted yeah. to be in the fetal position. And as a matter of fact, I remember that night because I was in a professional coaching program at the time. And so part of our assignments were to coach each other. And that night I had um, a session where I was being coached by one of my peers. And that's literally what I did. I laid on the bed in the hotel room in the fetal position, telling her what happened and being like, I am so screwed because I had already spent from 2013 now up to 2017. So four years, Yeah, I had spent healing this tremendous heartbreak, learning who I truly was, having yeah. awakenings, becoming more connected, letting fears, traumas, all, all grief, all parts of the not self ego, which is doing its best, Yep. but all those things that weren't serving me anymore, I had already been actively letting them go. And I knew how hard that was. We say it yep. and we go, yeah, that's, that's a thing. But yeah. when you're in it, yeah. it's can be terrifying. It can make you feel like you don't want to be in a body anymore. It can make you have no idea where you're going to go from there or how to get out of, I mean, it can be dark. Yeah. And I thought to myself, shit, because I knew what work it would take. Yeah. I knew I had to own this purpose that was given to me. And at the same time, I knew that the bullshit that Tina was continuing to engage in, in one way or another, maybe that's looping negative thoughts about oneself that cause you to judge yourself and others. Maybe that's doubt, self-doubt, maybe, you know, whatever it is, I knew that that stuff wasn't going to be allowed, that it was like, it's kind of like, if you know, you have to go on a physical detox and you kind of know on some level you're hooked on caffeine you're like, this isn't going to be fun. Yeah. Like I've, I've, I've had days before where I haven't had coffee and now this is going to be like weeks or maybe forever. Like, Oh, yeah. that, that's, that's gonna, this is going to, you know, do yeah. some things. Yeah. Yeah. Could, could, what, what do you mean by, I guess when I hear beacon of unconditional love, mm. I, I'm thinking of like a, a, a person or an entity that is a source of healing in our world. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what comes to me. And I think when you felt that purpose come upon you, the reason why it didn't necessarily like light you up and excite you is because you realized mm-hmm. like, oh, there's a whole nother side of me that needs to come out that I don't know yet. Is that accurate? Totally, totally. And the... What once felt like, of course, this is never true anyway, but what once felt like the ego's ability to control how other people saw me, oh, this career or this relationship or this choosing this set of clothing to put off this, you know, image or whatever. It was like this deep knowing that if you are going to be unconditional love in the world, you have to fully accept that you cannot control how other people see you or receive that or perceive that. And to a large degree, unconditional love can be really confronting Yeah, because conditional love is what makes us feel good. Now, parts of conditional love, there's a Venn diagram, right? With unconditional love. So like parts of conditional love and unconditional love definitely have an overlap, giving somebody a hug. That can be conditional or unconditional. That can be very human or very divine. And it's, it's a hug, right? It's an act of love. Um, But then other parts of conditional love are like getting to cuddle someone. Yeah. Like it's almost manipulative, right? Like you're not intentionally manipulating, but you're kind of staying safe because you know, they're feeding into some part of themselves that isn't the healthiest Mm. and you're allowing yourself to kind of participate in that by telling them the easy thing i mean the first thing that comes to mind because you're a trainer Mm. is the whole like meme culture of like do i look fat yeah being like no you don't look fat i mean you know that whole play right can can be an example of like how do we how we coddle someone's um, insecurities with, un- with, with conditional love, yep. instead of being like, wait a minute, why are you asking that right now? 
how are you actually feeling? What's going on inside? Yeah. And that's unconditional, but it's very mm -hmm. uncomfortable. Yes. Got it. Got yeah. it. And so that was the part that was uh, unsettling for you because it, it was almost like you're, you're being called to a higher standard yeah. and you would have had to have first eradicate those things in yourself. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and a deep, you know, a deep knowing that I'm human and that I'm not expecting perfection out of myself. Yep. Even though that's something that I yeah. have had, you know, a relationship, it's not a switch that flips, uh -huh. um, but it's like stepping into more and more. I mean, at the end of the day, probably the scariest thing to the, to the parts of the ego that are afraid, the scariest thing is, well, I'm going to have to unconditionally love myself first. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's some, I want to go there with you because I think this is going to help a lot of people and it's going to help me too. Cause I've, I've been thinking about it and it sounds so cliche, like self-love. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like what we're taught of, even in like mainstream culture, like love yourself, do you? Yeah. <laughs> but I was talking with a buddy and it was like, there's a difference between self-care and self-love right so mm -hmm. and and this could be kind of the conditional unconditional paradigm that you were drawing where like like is it self-love to to go get massages and to like mm -hmm. manis and petties like yeah but i think it's it's not purely self-love it's also self-care mm -hmm. what would what what does self-love look like mm. and because i want people listening to i, I want to explore it with you for me but i also want people to understand too like how do we love ourselves better? Mm -hmm. like, like truly, like just us, because so many of us see ourselves being loved through the lens and the filter of another person. And it's right. not 100% genuine within us. So yeah. how, how do we go about that um, in your own experience? Yeah. Oh, that's such a good question. And it's a big one. So I think I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. pick a couple things that are feel most profound right now yeah um yeah because it's hard to like answer of course it right of it, right and I yeah. just love threes I mean um so compassion mm -hmm. patience and nurturing are the three things that come up right now to talk about compassion, so the first one self-compassion okay yeah so self-compassion is the ability to see ourselves spinning and whether you're one who spins in the mind with a bunch of, I call it like your board of directors, like, yeah, like yelling at each other, this is right. No, this is a, convincing yourself one thing or another, whatever. Okay. So whether it's catching that habit or whether you're somebody who does dive deep into emotions, but actually those emotions become kind of like indulgent yeah. at times. Um, so whether it's catching that, um, and, and for people who are listening, like, you know, your, you know, your tendencies. And so instead of getting upset with yourself, it's like, if we can pull from the part of ourselves that is the most expansive, is the most loving. And we can actually like acknowledge and validate ourselves. And so what I mean by that is self-compassion and action looks like, and sometimes this is too hard to do or not even useful necessarily as like a head exercise. A lot of times it's probably a lot easier written. Yeah. Because you can actually have a conversation with yourself. First, you have to identify what you're even spinning about, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then as if you're another person, but you're like your most wise version of yourself, right? You're able to say, well, of course you're spinning about that because such and such really matters to you. Yeah. Or because this, that conversation was really awkward and painful and you wished it went a different way. Of course you did. Yeah. You were doing your best and it didn't come off how you were hoping, you know, yeah. like what are the kindest, some people use uh, the technique and I love good. this of like, 
think about someone or something that has loved you unconditionally. Mm. And hopefully you have an example of that in your life somewhere, whether it was a caretaker, a teacher, a grandparent for a lot of people, it might be a pet. Yeah. Um, And they don't have to still be alive, but just think into that being and then have that being be the one who writes back to you at first, be like in order to build this muscle. It's kind of like, Mm. you know, as I've trained with you, I have my inner Justin on my shoulder, right? Like, Mm. oh, now's a good break for push-ups, you know, like yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, kind yeah, of that, that same thing. We kind of have to have an external mirror yeah, until it becomes our internal like habit way of being. Ah, and okay. so like, how do we find someone who's so compassionate and just start practicing once a day? Oh my gosh, I just caught myself in that thought loop again. I'm going to take a pause yep. and I'm going to write to myself what would that, and, and at first, cause I've tried to do this verbally with people. It's okay. If it's hard compassion for that too. It's like compassion yeah. pancakes. It's like yeah. compassion on top of compassion on top uh-huh. of compassion. Right. I just saw so much syrup. And just- I, know, I did too. And I don't even like syrup. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's love syrup. Um, and if you're, if you're like, okay, well, maybe I don't have the best example of that, or I don't even know where to get started. It feels too hard. Um, Pema Chodron mm. is the, um, she's a, an American Buddhist nun. I feel like she's the best teacher of compassion of anyone who I've come across. Good. And so her book, she's got one book called when things fall apart. She's also got a lot of audios. She's really lovely to listen, talk because she's so The reason I like her is she's so not just a monk. She's somebody who's telling stories, humiliating stories about things she's done and about the way her ego acts at times. I remember her telling a story about sending a nasty email and I was like, Pema sending a nasty email? You didn't (laughs) see this. (laughs) And so, you know, that that's another really great way to learn. And I think this will bridge us to, to patience, but Part of this is understanding we have to have a beginner's mindset about all this stuff because yeah. we were not, and maybe some people listening were indoctrinated into this as children. And, but societally, I can say confidently, societally, we are not indoctrinated into yeah. this. Societally, we are indoctrinated into you're not enough. You have to buy more. You have to be, yeah. well, when I was young, younger, it was, you have to be skinnier. Now it's, you have to be thicker. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's Ever a great observation. I, I, want, <laughs> I might write about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's pretty funny of like, um, my friends and I talk about this, like which of us have been on trend, our bodies, how they naturally are. It's changed who has been on trend over time, even though our bodies have pretty much stayed the same. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Eventually so, we'll trend. <laughs> yeah. So la- like laugh laugh at the beauty standards they're fucked like yeah. it but we're but they're deep in all of us and they're not just deep in women by any means and i know sure. you can you can yeah. go on that a lot further justin but yeah. um so it's patience with this process of learning not yeah. expecting us to automatically know how to give ourselves compassion yeah maybe we didn't have a human doing that for us or maybe we did but we never learned how to do it for ourselves yeah Um, and so it's a growth process. So every time on my spiritual journey, when I'm like, oh, I just realized I have a gaping hole in my understanding about this, seeing it instead of as a deficiency, it's like, no, this is actually what makes life interesting. It's an opportunity to learn, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. that requires patience and the ego doesn't naturally have patience. The soul has all the time in the world. The soul's like, if you don't get it right in this lifetime, if you don't, and I don't mean get it right, like perfect. I mean, get it right. Like, Hey, here's a lesson in front of you. Are you going to be able to learn it? Like the soul's like, that's fine. You'll keep going next time around. Um, And whether you believe in reincarnation or not, you can look at it as your ancestors will learn it for you or the, the collective consciousness will learn it for all of us. You know, we're all interconnected. So, but Mm. the point is that, you don't just have like this one shot this one time, like infinite patience for oneself in this process is the only way that we reduce suffering around 
these things because oh, there's so endless great. amounts of awakenings to have. Oh, that's so, wait, wait you got to go back on that line, rewind. Yeah. About patience and opportunity. Say that again. That was good. I don't know. <laughs> oh, it was so good. You were in flow. Patience, uh, fuck, I mean, shit. I'm going to have to just listen to it when we replay it, but it was uh, something about patience and endless opportunity. Mm. It, it, it hit, it hit the, it hit the heart. So we, you talked about compassion. Is, is this the, the patience one? Cause you said you're working. Yeah. Patience. Yeah. Patience one. Okay. Yeah. So having just having endless patience for the learning process, hmm. it's really helped me to think of myself. And it's funny because I actually have a lab puppy now, but it's been really helpful me, for me to think of myself as a lab puppy hmm. because like who doesn't see like a puppy It's cute. And if you don't like puppies, maybe it's kittens, maybe it's baby birds, or I saw yeah. a baby lizard out there the other day, like whatever yeah. it is, that's so like young and innocent and little and like their bodies are so like perfectly well-equipped and ill-equipped at the same yeah. exact time, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. And that's, if we can see ourselves that way and it's a lot easier to me, I get a little, I don't know, just a little tired of all the inner child talk in the mm -hmm. like spiritual and healing world, not because it's not true, but just because like, I don't even know what it's pointing to at times. Like yeah, when I was actually a child, I was kind of like a mini adult. So it, I don't know. It just doesn't, yeah. <laughs> I don't find it nearly as helpful as yeah. thinking about myself as like a puppy. Who's just like, I'm just exploring. I'm just trying something new. And like, I watch my actual dog. Like he fought yesterday. He was at puppy playtime. Mm -hmm. And he, he's a lab. So of course he goes and spills out the whole water bowl. Cause he thinks it's a pool. And then he's running around with the other dogs and he slips in his own water that he spilled out. And he like does a slide into third base. And then it's like, he got the call from the outfield, like the, or from the third base coach at the outfield's actually not throwing the ball home. And so he like got back up and like kept running. Right. Like, <laughs> and so it's just like, he doesn't look around embarrassed. He's not like I should have rounded that corner and not slipped. Yeah. He's not he's just playing. He's just being puppiness. He's just life force energy flowing through. <sighs> and so I feel like when we can understand that, that actually gives us patience. And it's ironic because the last thing we think about when we think about a puppy is having patience, yeah. but it's us holding patient space yeah. for yeah. that inner puppy or inner kitty or inner child to learn to grow, yeah. to, um, to try things and not know what we're doing, to be awkward, to yeah. feel messy, to feel emotions that are confusing compared to what you think you're supposed to be feeling. Yeah. And yeah. that's actually, and so the patience and compassion, I feel like are just almost inextricably intertwined. Correct. Because in, in any time that I've ever given compassion, like there had to have been patience mm -hmm. baked in that. Mm -hmm. like you don't you don't give out compassion unless you took first a stance of patience to be right. like, okay, you yeah. know, like yeah. it, it came, it, it, they 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 flow interchangeably. Yeah. Um, I think what I'm gathering from these two words, I know you have one more. Yeah. Um, a lot of it deals with with a a narrative or a self talk that we have to have present with us, within mm -hmm. us throughout our day. Is that, is that yeah. correct? Absolutely. An awareness. Yeah. An awareness that what we're going through, what we're feeling, what we're thinking, isn't who we truly are. Yeah. Who yeah. we truly are is limitless source, expansive. Mm. Um, I like to, to think that, I'm a soul in a human body, but that's just my language for it. Yeah. Um, and that the more I give myself compassion and patience, the more my soul actually comes through my body and out my mouth and out my heart and yeah. out my hands and my feet, yeah. then um, the inherent built-in limitations that the human brain has in order to keep us in these bodies and keep us alive. Yeah. 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 That helps a lot, Tina. Um, mm. Cause um, you know, I, 
and I, and I, and people that have been listening to the podcast, like I definitely like have gotten a lot of progress in my life by being hard on myself. Mm. And, um, and to some extent, um, there has been some good that's come out of that mm-hmm. because compassion and patience on yourself that's misused or overdone mm-hmm. or misconstrued mm-hmm. will lead to someone that is passive and lazy, mm-hmm. in my opinion, yeah. and that nothing is wrong. Mm-hmm. And then they become the child that doesn't have blame, right? Mm-hmm. So when that does happen, because that happened to me, uh, you blame others mm-hmm. and then you need the hard motherfucker to come out <laughs> and be like, you need to fucking lace up. You need to pick your shit up. You need yeah. to call yourself a little bitch right now. Like, and I've, and I, and I, and I had to do that, mm. but, but with what I'm saying can come the opposite end of that voice, which is mm-hmm. not enough. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I suck. I don't have mm-hmm. it. I'm not there right. yet. Yeah. I'm weak. I missed it. And that's mm-hmm. unhealthy too. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's, it's, it's again, awareness to like, what do I need right now? Mm-hmm. And where, where is compassion and patience needed right now within the narrative that I've built inside of me? Mm. And uh, I, I like that you said awareness because awareness for me is directly linked to spirituality because everything mm-hmm. we're talking about is like spirituality. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. Like, what is mm-hmm. spirituality? Like, I don't even know how the hell you define that because it's everything. Um, Someone once said everything is spiritual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> classic line, classic line. I think it was Jesus. <laughs> um I uh I think awareness is such a big word for what you're for what you're describing because if you're not aware then you miss the whole thing yeah you gotta realize like something's in me something needs to change yeah this isn't right you know yeah I felt so deeply everything that you said and there's like analogies just wanting to like pour out of me so we're going to try more to pancakes more pancakes. We're gonna, more pancakes except this time it's cars and I know you love cars oh, um shit. so the 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 need to be hard on oneself is kind of like the fact that we needed gasoline powered cars mm. and a lot of us still have gas powered cars I know I do and they work yeah looking to upgrade to my Tesla but time oh, isn't yet oh. right and and also like not saying a Tesla's perfect. Like, you know, there, there's technology, consciousness continues to evolve, right? But there was one point in time when, or many points in time, I should say, decades, where a gas-powered car was the only option. It was the only viable option. What were you going to do? Get on horseback and go across yeah. the freeway? Like, no, you weren't. And that's starting to shift. Yep. And we're trying to find cleaner ways. Mm-hmm. We haven't yet found like cleanest or like totally sustainable, but we're finding cleaner. And so that is exactly what I hear when you talk about the need to kind of like pick yourself up by your bootstraps, kick yourself in the ass a little bit. Like yeah. that was needed because of where you were at. And yeah. you can continue to search for cleaner ways, even though we're not we're not trying to aim for perfection, right? We're not trying to aim for, I'm never going to slip back and, and like talk to myself poorly again, but like, how can I reach into unconditional love? And this, this actually, it's interesting because I do actually think it ties really well to that third point that I was going to make around nurturing. Yeah. And so nurturing, we tend to automatically, and this isn't everybody. So I should just say it's my own projection. I tend to automatically think of nurturing as mother energy. Mm. Um, but father energy is just as nurturing. It just feels different. Interesting. Right. And so how can each of us do the work of the inner exploration of what is the highest quality and this is not a judgment. This is a discernment. 
mm. um, on what you received. So in other words, it's not a judgment on how your parents or whatever males or females, or as a matter of fact, whatever masculine or feminine energy, regardless of yep. body type came through your, in, in your original nurturing. It's not a judgment on that at all. It's simply a new question for current you to discern how do I want to pull the unconditional love of feminine energy? And how do I want to pull unconditional love of masculine energy through me to fully nurture who I am and who I'm becoming in this moment, in this moment. Yeah. And what I mean by that is the feminine is the kind of compassion and patience you were describing. It's the, it's the patience that can, you know, that, that literally would sit. I I think of, of my parents who sat at all my basketball games, even though I never got playing time, like that is freaking patience and dedication (laughs) who would sit and wait and watch. And even though things never going to happen, that's unconditional love. That is unconditional. Um, it's also knowing when it's time to not be patient and when it's time that compassion actually says it's time to move it's mm. time to do it's time to act yeah and that's the more masculine energy right it's yeah feminine is being feminine is intuitive feminine is emotional yep. feminine is the moon the yeah. masculine is the sun it's the doing it's the being it's the yeah. action yeah. and both of those can come from a loving encouraging place and yeah. i think that's why certain people find spiritual teachers of each gender but like who pull through like i think of um one of my favorite spiritual teachers is a man named lee harris Oh, okay. And he has very grounded masculine energy. Hmm. And the way he says things is very loving, but it's also very like certain. It's like discerning. It's like, it's like, oh, if there was something going on, I would trust him. Yeah. Like I would trust him to lead me out of this thing. Yeah. Right. And so when we start to take in energy from the outside of those people, like, and that's what I'm talking about with nurturing and discerning. It's like, find who those people are for you that talk to you in a way. And maybe these are people you meet in real life, but more likely they're probably, you'll find them as teachers or authors first. Right. Um, and it's like, oh yeah, the way that woman speaks to me, that's what I consider to be the most nurturing, compassionate, energy that I want to learn to give myself and the way that man speaks to me. And again, we each are a combination of masculine and feminine energy. And each person kind of tends to lead with one or the other, regardless of the gender of their body. And so when I'm talking about finding teachers who bring in feminine or bring in masculine energy, again, I'm not trying to make a distinction of what kind of body it would come through, but there are distinctly two energies on, on the planet. There's mm-hmm. the being and there's the doing. Yeah. And when we can discern that and when we can right. find people who are bringing those frequency, frequencies through strongly, we can start to learn what it looks like to nurture ourselves on both our feminine and our masculine sides with the highest quality of loving energy. It's kind of like as you are teaching people about macros, Mm -hmm. like there's probably a first flush out, I would imagine of like, okay, the fast food's gone. Yeah. All the extra like refined sugars, like that's just like a no brainer. That stuff just has to be gone. Yeah. That's the same thing with like the brutal self-talk and like just getting on our own ass, right? That, that junk food did get you somewhere. It was cheap. It was available on your road trip. Yeah. But like, okay, now we know better. We're going to do better. And so how do we then, once we start learning about macros, how do we then up-level the quality of our macros? Okay, this protein source has 10 grams. That protein source has 10 grams, but this one also has X, Y, and Z benefit without this downside. This thing tends to be full of fat. um, It tends to have extra hormones in it, whatever else. Like It's just an up-level over and over and over again. And again, we're not trying to get to perfect, 
but we're trying to get to a place where we are continuing to learn and grow and bring ourselves closer and closer to the cleanest source of energy. Cause at, at the mm. end of the day, nutrition yeah. and our, our emotions, our thoughts, our spiritual energy, they're both forms of life force energy. Fact, because food is energy from the sun. Exactly. From the earth. Yeah. And we are of the earth. Yeah. Facts. Facts. That's why I love this, uh, this industry. Cause it's not just like fitness. It's right. Like, this is spirituality to me. Absolutely. Um, gosh, Tina, this is so good. This is so good. <laughs> this is so good. It's awesome that we're only in the first of four hours. <laughs> <laughs> that was the intro, my friends. That was the intro to the podcast. Now we're going to start with our first question. <laughs> oh, you're too funny. Oh, it's so good. I, yeah, we should, we should, uh, we should just, you know, start, start ending it now. But I, I think, I think I want to do a part two for sure. Okay. I'm down. Yeah. And I think this one, if we have to put it somewhere, it's like self-love, spirituality, mm. And Tina Olson's call. <laughs> <laughs> Self-love, spirituality, well. And Black Madonna. <laughs> something about unconditional love. Yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> or maybe it's compassion, patience, and nurturing. Oh, or that, or that, yeah. Or pancakes, cars, and Switzerland. That's true, too. <laughs> that would be a very Rob Bell podcast. That would be, yeah, that would be, <laughs> that would be yeah. <laughs> Tina, my friend, it has been really, really awesome to speak to you and, mm. and to hear your story. I didn't know that. Um, I know everyone listening could benefit from, from today. I know I did. Mm. Your wisdom, it, you living into your calling. It's a beautiful Thank thing. You. Um, being that beacon. And, and I guess it's not something that you ever attain. It, it's, it's beyond that. It's just something that you kind of like circle around and live into for life. And yeah, a lot of people with, with calls or careers, they're like, once I get there mm. and I make it, you know, mm -hmm. and there's this illusion that there's an arrival somewhere. But I think true spirituality says like, you've been there already and yeah. been there the whole time. Um, it's not anywhere to go, you know? And I feel like it's such a relief on the pressure of purpose. Yeah. It's so both hard. like way easier and way harder than we think it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like way harder because we actually have to transform to, to meet the purpose, but way easier because there's nothing that I could then do vocationally or for work. Yeah. You know, in any way, shape or form that could be outside of that. So I'm not trying to find a way for my purpose to be expressed. It's like, it can't help but be expressed whether yeah. I decided to be a plumber or yeah. a spiritual guide or, yeah. you know, whatever yeah. else in between. Yeah. That's, I love that. I love that. My friend, it has been a true honor and mm. so much love and so much peace so much joy your way thank you you too i love you so much you too girl